0: And we're live.
1: What's hey up, guys. everybody? Hi. I'm,
0: I'm here with Rachel Cook, gym member extraordinaire, extraordinary human, um, and the most consistent person I know. I was I was doing some um, statistics, and I can sort by um, number of total classes attended, uh-huh. and then I can divide that by start day, and then get like average classes per week. And you. Are number one. Woo! <laughs> Do I get number a ribbon? One. It's. I mean, it's, it's a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal, and I think it's. I think it's really cool because, like, I, I truly believe that that CrossFit works. And if you look at the most most consistent person in the gym, it obviously works. Yeah,
1: right? I'd say so. Um, <laughs> um, I, it's. It's been. It's been an evolution, I'd say. Um, uh, at least for for CrossFit, for me, like I. I started, you know, doing the three days a week, and thinking, you know, you know, three days a week—that's three hours of fitness a week. That's good for me. Yeah. Um, but then as I got more into it, um, you know, I was I was seeing results where I wanted to see in my in like my my fitness and health journey, but I wasn't necessarily seeing results in the gym. Mm. And it's not that I had specific goals. Right. Um, I, I had a you know a wish list of course For sure. <laughs> um, but you know I wanted to go to class every class a little bit better than the last one and you know I learned from the last class and you know applied that to the next one and you know soon three days a week became four days and then it became four days in Gaines club <laughs> and then it became four days and just messing around at open gym on Saturdays yeah. and then you know I'm there pretty much all the time <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, how did it? What's your fitness background? Like, where did where did the the journey start with Uh, Rachel?
1: I I did sports, you know, forever since I was you know young kid. The one that I stuck with the longest though was soccer. Yeah. Um, and I played that through my adult life, um, with rec league and stuff. Um, what
0: what was the highest level you played at growing up? Was it like college? Um, I didn't
1: play in college. Um, it was high school, but um. My travel league. Right. I played it in a pretty competitive, yeah. like nationally ranked comp- league. Um, right. I, I broke my collarbone. Why? Yeah, and that's kind of when I
0: playing soccer. Yeah, or? playing
1: soccer. how
0: did you do that? Yeah.
1: Well, believe it or not, <laughs> yeah. um, on my high school team, which was like my less. It was a, we were in competitive high school, but um, it's less competitive, of course, than my travel league. Yeah. Um, I I was the goalie. <laughs> probably the shortest goalie in the state (laughs) um so uh one game i dove for the ball like off of someone's foot and the way that i landed it wasn't that i got kicked or anything crazy like that i just landed wrong and popped my collarbone what yeah that sucks (laughs) yeah um and after that uh, I was a much more timid soccer player, hmm. um, so I didn't... Um, you know, I had to take, like, a season off, and, and I was used to... Or maybe even two seasons, and I was used to playing year-round. Like, I yeah. played indoor in the winter. I played high school and travel, you know, and so that... And coming back from that was... It was hard. I definitely wasn't playing goalie. I was def- always on the field. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that that's my most... That, that's what kept me mostly physically active. Yeah. Um, well,
0: it's amazing how hard it is to get back into something that you're doing at a really high level. Yeah. Like, it's really difficult to... I mean, I remember when I was swimming, I took... This sounds so crazy in, in hindsight. I took my seventh grade year off of swimming. Okay? I was... However you are, like, 11, 12? Yeah. Like, I took my seventh grade year off. I ran... It wasn't even like I just sat on the couch like no my my seventh grade year I was playing basketball and I ran track and I wasn't swimming and I was doing soccer yeah and um and then my eighth grade year I was like you know I want to get back into swimming and all the people like all of my peers that I was you know at their level or maybe even a little better than I was so far behind
1: yeah they got so much better
0: I was so far behind and it I was so far behind it took me like my entire eighth grade year and then freshman year just to get back to like the track I was on. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It seems like everybody, everybody I've talked to who has like a a really high performing sport, gymnastics, soccer, swimming, whatever. And then they get out of it. Mm -hmm. Like getting back into it is probably like the hardest, the hardest thing.
1: Yeah. It took me a while to ease back into it. Then, then I was playing in like co-ed leagues, like adult co-ed leagues. Um, I played on this one code league for probably five years and, um, finally got more comfortable and confident yeah. that, I mean, it was the confidence that, you know, a collarbone really isn't, you know, you think broken ankle or something, yeah. you'd be more timid, like collarbone, you're not playing soccer with your shoulders or anything, right. but still it's just remembering that pain and that, um, just unfortunate event of not being able to do anything for so long. Yeah. Um, so I got more confident again and I was playing it, um, And supplemented with going to the gym, and then also then I started a new rec league when I moved to DC. Yeah. And um, it was on smaller fields, and it was more um, like work leagues. Not not exactly work leagues, but just like friends. It wasn't. It wasn't serious. It wasn't as serious, so there weren't as many um, higher level players, and so there was a lot of just like I'd come home with you know bruised shins and. Yeah. Bruised ankles and knees, and just being knocked over by like a guy your size, you know, right. like a two hundred pound, six foot four dude on the soccer field, 240 just like forty, Rachel, um, <laughs> come on, <laughs> just getting tossed around. So yeah. then it started becoming uh-huh. not really fun again. Yeah, and I started playing less and less, and became increasingly more inactive.
0: Yeah, and then so was it just the the sort of falling out of the soccer thing and then it left a void and you looked for a way to fill the void or did CrossFit kind of pull you out of it? Or like where, where did, uh, you know, where did that three days per week type CrossFit thing pick up?
1: Well, funny enough, I wasn't actually looking for something
0: yeah. to supplement
1: my fitness. Um, I, I was more, I was focusing on my, my health and my diet and I was getting what's now territory meals. What was it before? Um, power, pa- supply, power supply, and then before that it was yeah. catalyst. Yeah, so I like you know I started on this paleo journey, and I was getting power supply meals, but yeah. I was picking them up at a CrossFit gym. Yeah, <laughs> so I wasn't working out. Right, I was just going once or twice a week to pick up food from a gym. <laughs> <That's how they laughs> so get you. May- maybe I should actually try working out at a gym. Right, and that's when um, I was like, and that's when I kind of. Wasn't, I've heard of CrossFit before, but I'd never seen it in action. Wasn't yeah. knowledgeable about it at all. And I was like, all right, I can do this. It's cool. And um, so I looked at a couple gyms and ended up at Old City. And you guys kicked my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, even though I would fallen out of like a, a fitness uh, routine, I yeah. still considered myself fit. For sure. But just going to your gym that day and doing some rowing and air squats and... Nearly vomiting, yeah. I was like, "Oh, maybe I'm not where I thought I was." <laughs> yeah,
0: I was the same way when I first when I first discovered CrossFit because my brain was still collegiate swimmer, you know, phenomenal. Like, I legitimately through college, d- like, didn't know what being out of shape was. Like, I just like that was my life. I yeah. would swim all the time, and and then I remember, you know, falling out of shape and then being like, "Wow, this sucks," and then wanting to get back in shape. But your brain is still like. Still, what it's always been like. Mm-hmm. Your brain hasn't caught up to what your body has right. changed into. Yeah, and so I did. I did CrossFit. Cindy was my first workout. Uh, five pull-ups, ten push-ups, whatever, fifteen air squats, and it crushed my soul. Yeah, it crushed my soul. I got eight rounds, and I thought I was going to die. Yeah, and I like it was so, so um, humiliating. Isn't the right word? It was like, wow, I've fallen far. But the interesting thing, what I always wonder is, had I found CrossFit when I was in, like, great swimming shape, would it have still kicked my ass? You know what I'm saying? I think about that, too. Is it just, like, a different type of fitness? Or, you know, I don't know.
1: I mean, with soccer, you did some kind of cross training. Like, we did some lifting. Yeah. You know, mostly power lifting. Um, and mostly heavy legs. Um, mm-hmm. And we did some sprinting and stuff. But, um, yeah, never in, like, a co- cohesive... Like, yeah. you know, you're just lifting club here, run sprints, you know. Yeah. Um, so generally in shape, but but not CrossFit shape. It's different.
0: right. It is different. I think there's like there's there's sports specific fitness. You know, like I was a in terrific running shape or a swimming shape, and I could run. I could run really really well. Mm-hmm. Um But I remember taking a wrestling class in college and being like f- literally fish out of water type. This is I felt. In horrible shape. Same thing with boxing. And it's just right. like a different way that you exert energy. Mm-hmm. You're, maybe it's you're using different muscles that aren't as developed as your swimming muscles or yeah. your soccer muscles. And it's, it's weird how... Um, yeah, how quickly how quickly some of that stuff goes. Yeah. (laughs) But that's, that's what I like about CrossFit is that it's, it's a very general approach to fitness and it's not, you know, from, from a good foundation of CrossFit, you can get back into things and become sports specific pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, like I would imagine that now you have a really strong CrossFit foundation. You could jump back into soccer. Yeah. Maybe, you know, you need to get into a little better running shape, but if you play enough soccer, the foundation is there for you to just pick it up. Yeah. And now you're the, now you're the person knocking over the the 250 pound. (laughs) guy, sending him home with bruises. CrossFit
1: makes you a mini bulldozer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's cool. So th- so then, um, so you were just picking up meals, and then you just sort of discovered it, and you're like, screw it, let me just try this out?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, so my... I, I'd become so inactive, I was, you know, out of shape, I was unhappy, super lazy, and, you know, having to take a nap every day. And yeah. so, it... and. So I started with the food, then moved into the CrossFit, and that was, it was different for me because it, it wasn't like a team sport, but it also wasn't like going to the gym and just doing your workout yeah. by yourself, like doing your little circuit and going home, not right. talking to anyone. So the, I was a little intimidated by the um, just social aspect of it. Um, You know, I would just kind of come quietly do the workout (laughs) leave. I never stayed and did any mobilizing I was always super sore. Yeah Um, But as I got more comfortable in the community that also helped me start coming a little more often and staying longer or showing up earlier and doing my mobility and That's when I started seeing more results. Mm. It wasn't just checking you know checking the box like I did my three workouts this week that's when like I you know started getting faster times or moving up in weights and just feeling more comfortable coming into the gym
0: yeah what I tell a lot of people who get started with CrossFit is you know for your first three months I I say 30 workouts I say for 30 workouts just don't even just show up like don't put any expectations around it show up don't try just be here Mm -hmm. just just go through the motion so to speak and then after about 30 workouts then then you sort of you know you know some people you know some coaches you know you've been exposed to most of the movements that we do and now we can start talking like all right now let's start adding weight let's start moving towards rx times let's start talking about you know more intensity what are you doing with nutrition what are you doing for mobility like mm-hmm. now now you sort of get the get the rules of the game so to speak and now we can start playing the game right and i think that's that's when you really start to see i mean depending on wh- where you're coming in from you know if you're going from you know a decade of sedentary lifestyle, sitting on the couch, whatever, two, three days a week, you're going to see phenomenal change, right? Right. But if you're going from fairly active in a different capacity to three days a week, maybe you don't see quite the immediate change, but the change comes from when you discover like that intensity and that Mm -hmm. like, when you start understanding how the game of CrossFit is played and how you like level up, Mm -hmm. you know, so to speak. And I really like the idea that it is, it's a group thing, but it's very individualized. You know, I think that's, that's cool because you can have a bad day and you can watch somebody else crush it and then leave feeling good, right. you know, and vice versa, you know, and, uh, I like that. I think that's yeah. cool. I'm glad, I'm glad that you connected with that too.
1: Yeah. And, and that's, um, my theory that, that consistency is, a, a, an evolution, um, applies to what you just said, like show up for 30 days, like get it, make it part of your routine to be there three days a week or four days a week or whatever fits within your schedule that you can stick to. And then once you're committed to that routine, then you're showing up and, and being more, um, you know, direct in your approach or you're setting specific goals.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's like learning, it's like learning any new skill, right? If, if you're going to learn how to swim you know, the first thing you need to do is take all of the complex movements of a swim stroke and make that the, the swimming, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't have to think about how my arm and my hip are connected when I swim. They're, they're, that's just swimming, right? Mm-hmm. And now I understand that, so now I can take that and train with that. So now I can look at something more complex or, you know, take the sport to a different level. But I can't, I can't do that. I can't pile on the complexity into a weak foundation. And so I like the idea that um, you're starting, like the first challenge is to be consistent, to show up, to be there. Mm-hmm. And then once that becomes more or less automatic in your life, then you can start going, okay, well now that I can do this in my sleep, I can show up four, to, four times a week in my sleep, not that big a deal. But clearly you're going to plateau unless you look for the next challenge. Right. And the next challenge is going to be, maybe it's intensity, maybe it's diet, maybe it's the mobility piece, maybe it's the sleep and recovery piece. Like there's always another layer you can add on to it and it's mm-hmm. that layer that you add onto it I that. Smiling, um, <laughs> sorry, our TV got got crazy there for a second. <laughs> and so I, I think that that's a really a really smart thing. Like you're not trying to add fifty thousand things onto your plate, right. doing it perfectly for a week, and then falling totally out of it. Right. I so, think that's cool.
1: Yeah, just starting. I mean, start Like I pick a slot. I could. I could almost without fail to the 5.30 p.m. class, Mm. right? Because I know that by the time I get off work in the 5.30 class, there's not enough time there for me to get into anything or to get a phone call from someone to say, hey, what are you doing? Like, come meet me for happy hour or something. So I know that I won't be distracted in that time, and I can go to the 5.30 class, I can finish it, I can mobilize, and I can get home, still make dinner and eat at a reasonable time. So that's the class that makes, that fits in, that I can be consistent right. with.
0: Yeah. That's cool. One thing that you mentioned earlier that, that I found really interesting is this, The or, you know, you mentioned that you started with nutrition and sort of nutrition was where it brought you into the fitness side of things. A lot of people, you know, everybody discovers the importance of nutrition at some point, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for me, it was long after I, I spent my entire like collegiate career, not even thinking twice about the idea that the pizza and Coke that I was putting into my face was affecting my performance in the pool, right? I would I would kill for tenths of seconds of improvement over nine months of training. Right. And never once did I think about the idea that a salad would fuel my performance more than half a pizza. Right. That's crazy to me that I never made that connection. And now that, you know, with the CrossFit side of things, I see so, like... You know, I see the importance of nutrition. I mean, just just as being a coach, I see it in other people, and I certainly f- see it in myself. Where'd you, wh- Where'd that come from? <laughs> like, how'd you how'd you create that uh, that awareness that the food was was important, and why? Like, why did you start with that?
1: Um, I never, I didn't grow up or like ever really have bad eating habits. Um, indulged, of course, but I I was. I brought up eating fairly healthy, but it was a friend of mine that, um, he was, he, he had done like, you know, the 30 day sugar detox and, um, you know, done the paleo plan before and he was planning to go back on it and wanted a partner to do it with him. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And that's usually how I get like coaxed into (laughs) diets. Like I even (laughs) did that stupid lemon water cayenne thing for, for a week and that was just miserable i was i was supplementing with protein shakes but <laughs> don't tell my friend <laughs> but um but that that seemed like something that i could stick to like i like vegetables i like meat i could i could do this so you know i, I first did well the 21 sugar twenty one day sugar detox. I think I did that first. Yeah. With him and then and then the paleo and then, you know, I got I did a lot of cooking at home but supplemented with the power supply meals. Um and that's basically how I got into it. I was just doing it with a friend.
0: Yeah. And your your primary focus initially, like you've mentioned the paleo thing for a while. Well your primary focus initially sounds like was just cutting sugar out.
1: Yeah, cutting sugar out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What did you notice when you did that?
1: Um yeah, you know, I always thought that you know sugar high. I thought that sugar gave you energy. Yeah. But then I realized, you know, every time I eat a bowl of ice cream, I fall asleep for three hours afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, this is actually putting me to sleep and making me more lazy. I thought sugar was supposed to fuel me, and it was just quite the opposite.
0: Really? Yeah. Yeah. So when you when, when you started to cut sugar out, you noticed that you had, you had more energy. More energy. You yeah. noticed that pretty mm-hmm. pretty immediately.
1: Yeah, um, and also uh, skin. And my allergies. I had really bad allergies, too. So, yeah. like, changing my um, changing my diet definitely helped that. Like, I was dependent mm-hmm. on Azurtec every day, all year long. And then, you know, when it got bad, I would add, like, the nose sprays and or the cleaners. And I was just, you know, I had asthma. It, it, was, it was super bad. Um, but once I started changing my diet, like, cutting out dairy, um, grains, and sugar, um, I, I, I didn't don't have to take those things anymore <laughs> really like i still experience some allergy symptoms like yeah. i'll get runny noses i'll sneezes and sometimes i'll have watery eyes but never near the extent that i did before right. and so
0: it, it, it sort of like creates a, a larger buffer between you and health
1: yeah and it, it just less about yeah, i'm not like oh this is i need to eat this way because um for gains but just thinking all the other negative things um thinking more about the negative than the positive. Like I don't want these negative things instead of like, if I eat this, I will do better. Or if I eat that, like I'll break out (laughs) those, like I want to keep those bad things away. And then the good things, they just come along
0: with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's an interesting way to think about it. You know, like I, when I was, when I was swimming, I would literally like every single night I would have half a pizza or four chicken strips and French fries and, Literally, like, you know those those 24-ounce Cokes mm-hmm. sodas that you can get at whatever? I would probably have, like, 15 refills. It was disgusting. It was absolutely disgusting. And I, I would have the worst heartburn. Yeah. I didn't even know what heartburn was. I just thought that's what, like...
1: Oh, this is normal.
0: Yeah, this is just something I got to fight through. And, yeah. And I, like, I never thought about, oh, let me let me just get rid of this stuff by eating more salads or, you know, yeah. eating not, not, not this. Yeah. Um... That's, that's cool. So your primary motivation then was to just kind of get rid of some of the negative effects of eating poorly. Yeah. And then, and then you started to discover the world of positive yeah. effects. Yeah. And so, uh, feeling better. Oh yeah. You mentioned like your skin and your allergies. Yeah, Skin,
1: skin's better. Um, allergies so much better. Energy levels better. Yeah generally happier.
0: (laughs) So when, so you shifted from, you started with sugar, but then you mentioned dairy grains. And so you just started eliminating these foods and feeling better and better. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. What's your, like, what's your, where's that evolution taking you today? As far as nutrition goes, Uh, are you like never, never, no dairy ever, no no grains grains, (laughs) ever?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no way. Um, I, I definitely, I know that like, eating dairy isn't going to kill me or, you know, I don't, I'm not so afraid of the adverse effects that I'm having completely eliminated it from my diet. Um, you know, I, I do make some things harder for myself. Like if I have a sugar craving, if I have a sweet tooth, um, I won't go buy a pack of cookies. I'll tell myself, if you want cookies, you have to make your own cookies. (laughs) Yeah. And so you know, if I don't have the ingredients, that means I have to go to the store, and then I have to bake the cookies, yeah. and I have to wait for them, and then I can eat them. And sometimes I don't want to do all that, so right. I'm like, Oh, I don't just eat a carrot, I guess. <laughs> I'll just have
0: a carrot. <laughs> Carrots have sugar. I guess right? I
1: really don't need that <laughs> sugar. But sometimes I'm pretty determined, and I yeah. will go to the store and get those ingredients and make my cookies. Um, But um, mostly, it's 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 pretty easy to stick to. Yeah, um, I've. I I cook most of my meals at home. Right. And I eat pretty much the same thing for breakfast and lunch every day. What do you have for breakfast? Um, I always have two eggs and sausage. Like
0: over easy, Um, scrambled? Usually scrambled. Okay. Yeah.
1: Scrambled because then you can add other stuff in it too. Um, And sausage. And then sometimes if I have some leftover greens, I'll make like a little simple salad. And then for lunch, I I always have a smoothie. Yeah. Um, I make... Either a chocolate smoothie or a green smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> um, the chocolate smoothie is like coconut milk, um, banana, avocado, and uh, collagen powder, and then cocoa powder. Yeah. And ban- banana is sweet enough to make it a, a sweeter smoothie. And then the green smoothie is same base of coconut, coconut milk, um, banana, avocado, but then I put um, cucumbers and some greens and mint in it, and taste. It's good. That's cool. Um, so yeah, every during the weekdays, I have my eggs for breakfast and my smoothie for lunch. But then on the weekends, since I work out in the morning, I have my smoothie in the morning and then I have eggs after my workout. Nice.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and then dinner's just, you just cook for yourself and just whatever, yeah. you know, like.
1: Yeah. So I used to, um, right now I'm part of a farm share. Yeah. So I get some meat. I get my eggs, and I get all my produce from there. Um, and then the stuff that I don't get that's not locally available, I'll go to the store and get. Um, so just usually meat and veggies. Sometimes not a very thoughtful meal. Sometimes it's just a meat and potato, or sometimes it's meat and a salad and this and that. Yeah. Um, kind of just whatever. I used, to, I used to go to the grocery store every Sunday. This was before I was part of the farm share. I went to the grocery store every Sunday, and I went to Mom's part of the reason I went to mom's is cause the Nike store was over there, <laughs> but <laughs> we all know how much I love Nike. Um, but I'd go to mom's every Sunday and for like eight straight weeks, my bill, uh, or my receipt was within
0: $5. So you just get the same, I get thing. the same thing yeah. every
1: week and you know, I'd run out at the same time. So I, I never was like, Oh, I'm out of this. I can't make my smoothie or I don't I ran out of eggs. Um, yeah, just buy the same thing all the time. With the with the dinner stuff, I'd mix it around, of course. I wasn't eating exactly the same thing every day, but I don't really get bored. Yeah. It becomes more of like, not just a necessity, but I, I don't have the cravings to have, you know, this, go out and try this new fancy meal, uh, you know, right. new Italian restaurant or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'd rather just kind of... Make it at home, be satisfied, and move on. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think a food has a certain level of goodness. Yeah. It doesn't need to be significantly more good than that. Yeah. Right? Like it just right. needs to be, I don't, I don't even want to say edible, but like good. Right. Like if you can make good quality food yeah. taste good, then yeah, it's nice occasionally to go out and have, you know, a chef inspired sure. menu that
1: Instagram worthy. Yeah. It just <laughs>
0: knocks your socks off. That's cool, but yeah. Like most You don't need that every day, right? Especially if you just learn a few like basic cooking skills. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's such an important thing. I got my cooking education from Alton Brown. Have Mm. you heard of Alton Brown? Good eats. Uh Oh man, it was on uh, it was on the Food Network. Yeah. And I remember, so I never cooked growing up. Like I I swam, I ate, and then I went to the Naval Academy, and we talked about that pizza and soda. That was my life. And I graduated, and I was eating out all the time. Because it was the first time I was making real money, and then I quickly realized how expensive eating out all the time is, and I had no money. (laughs) And I I called my mom, and I was like, "Mom, how do you, how do you cook?" (laughs) Like I literally (laughs) had no idea. She was like, "Get chicken breasts, put them in the oven," (laughs) and so I I would just eat baked chicken breasts, and it was below the threshold of goodness, right? (laughs) And it was just eating was a chore. It was bad, and my mom's a really good cook, but you know, I I was starting at such a low point that there was there was no helping me, right? And um, and so I was watching TV, and the Food Network was on, and this guy Alton Brown was on, and he spent like twenty five minutes teaching you how to boil noodles, like pasta noodles, like just teaching you the science behind boiling and uh-huh. and how it works and why you season the water and and then and then, at the very end of the episode, he was like oh, and here's here's some things that you can add to the noodles that you perfectly cooked.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: but you know most cooking shows at that point at least were recipe assembly shows. You just watch somebody with 18 ramekins of pre-cut things, throwing it into a pot, and then voila, it's amazing.
1: It's a 30-minute meal because everything was chopped and prepared for you by like three other chefs. Yeah,
0: man, yeah, I could do that. (laughs) But Alton just teaches you the fundamentals of cooking. Like he teaches you, here's a cast iron skillet. It's really good for searing. Here's Mm -hmm. why it's really good for searing. And then by the end of the episode, you know, everything there is to know about this cast iron skillet and the process of searing. And then he just teaches you how to cook a steak on it. Yes. Just real quick. Here's yes. one application. There are many applications, but mm-hmm. this is the one we're going to talk about today. I thought that was really cool. And so I consume that show like feverishly. I get into, the, I get into these kicks where I like that is all I do is like consume something. Like, yeah. I got into this kick about the big green egg. I got into CrossFit, you know, and I, this was my out brown kick. And I just consumed. Yeah. Anyway, how'd you learn how to cook?
1: Um <laughs> well, my mom was alright cook. She was pretty it was pretty predictable, not very adventurous. Um her palate isn't very adventurous either. Um then my stepdad, he was a little more adventurous and he was a good cook. He made good stuff. Um then for a while uh, I had a grill. I just cooked everything on the grill. It was always yeah. just meat, veggies on the grill because it, it was zero dishes. You can just put some foil on there. So that was that super awesome. inviting. Um, and then uh, the same friend that uh, got me into the, the paleo, he had a background of uh, working in kitchens and stuff. So awesome. he, I learned a lot from him too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So you just kind of pieced it together. Mm. It's pretty good now.
1: Yeah. All right, uh, I I like follow a couple of blogs too where, yeah. um, like sometimes I I have some ingredients and I have an idea, so I'll look at look at a couple of recipes or blogs with recipes and see how I can make my ingredients make something similar to what they made and yeah, yeah. do that too.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's cool. So you were you you put all this focus on nutrition and you started feeling better. You know. Started to solve that, and then and then you started the CrossFit journey. Mm-hmm. Um, was that sort of a result of now you were feeling better, you were less lazy, and you felt more motivated because you cleaned up your diet, or was it just not quite that like linear? And um, I was to able
1: to commit more to CrossFit um, when I stopped trying to live my old life and my new life at the same time. Interesting. <laughs> um, I. I partied a lot, (laughs) a whole lot. I I, for a while I could do CrossFit three times a week and then still, you know, rage or you know, do whatever I did. (laughs) And but it it was always like I was I wasn't as good at partying and I wasn't as good as I could be at CrossFit. So it became a little less partying, a little more CrossFit until it just became where it's it's. I'm, I'm more fitness minded and I, you know, I'm still social with the same network of people. Um, yeah. I'm just not to the same degree. Right. And yeah.
0: Yeah. So you, you just turn down the volume of the party yeah. and you turned up the, the volume of your fitness. Yeah. That sounds like, it so, that sounds so easy, you know, <laughs> like good for you, Rachel. Good for you. Glad you could do that. Um, but it also sounds like you didn't do that overnight.
1: No, certainly not. And it was
0: just one small step towards fitness and then that small step of fitness, like towards fitness, removed a little step or, you know, moved you in the opposite direction from, from the party, so to speak. Yeah. And so just each step that brought you closer to fitness. Now, two years later, you're looking back and you're like, holy cow. Yeah. I'm totally different.
1: Right. Totally different. I was just looking at my driver's license the other day. And I look totally different, and that's just my face. Really, you know, I just have this like round, like pudgy face.
0: <laughs> and now it's a face made of steel yes. and toughness. No, <laughs> oh, that's—I mean, it makes sense when you yeah. when you focus on your health. You, I mean, you're going to look healthier. You're going to yeah. look different. Um, that's that's really fascinating. Man, I'm I'm trying to think of like how in my life I can I can learn from you, because <laughs> I'm I'm I'm. It's pretty similar you know like the, the the yo-yo lifestyle of being in the navy and like we'd be in port for two months we'd be out at sea for two months and mm-hmm. we'd come back in port and then we'd go back out to sea and like it doesn't take very long for your life to just turn into we got back let's you know let's go out let's party we're celebrating being back on land this is great and you know, like that goes for, you know, a day, then eventually it grows like a week. And then before you know it, like it just never ends. And then you're no, you're no longer partying the fact that you're in, in port, you're getting ready for the fact that you're leaving, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's now, now instead of, Hey, we just got back. It's like, Hey, we're leaving in two weeks. This is the second to last weekend we have for a few months. Let's go out. Yeah. And then like over time that just takes over your life and that that becomes kind of what your life is, you know? I think I think if you don't have if you don't like if you're not specifically focused on health, the natural default is to deteriorate into unhealth. Like I think right. unhealth is the default solution mm-hmm. because it takes it takes an active application to be healthy, right? It's really easy to eat ice cream and donuts. It's, real it's easy. really easy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really hard to, you know, cook a sugar-free, you know, lifestyle for, you know, 80% of your life. Mm-hmm. Like that takes a lot of intentionality and focus. You right. can just cook dinner every night. Like yeah. that takes a lot of effort. You got to go to the store. You got to plan ahead. Mm-hmm. You got to whatever. And it's not just ordering a pizza when you get hungry. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, for me personally, like what my story was like is just first becoming aware of where mm-hmm. my life isn't where I want it mm-hmm. and then taking slow and deliberate actions to make improvements in that area.
1: Yeah, it definitely takes some patience and I mean, if you're a person that is um, fueled by instant gratification, it's going to be much harder to stay consistent uh, because in today's world, you can get pretty much anything. Like you said, you're hungry. I order pizza. Right. But if you make cooking dinner a part of your routine, whether whether it's, you know, a paleo dinner or just mac and cheese. But if you commit to making your dinner um, at home every night, then it becomes easier to make the slight changes to a more healthier wholesome
0: meal. I'm gonna put chicken in the mac and cheese. Right. And then I'm gonna make just cheesy chicken. (laughs) And then I'm gonna make chicken with no cheese and no mac. Right. And then I'm gonna like, damn it, I want mac and cheese. (laughs) And you can order a pizza. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I like the I like the idea that you sort of you create a routine and through that routine you work on improving the routine. You know Mm -hmm. like like let's move towards a healthier direction. And then let's work on refining that healthier direction to something that's more optimal. Right. right. Like instead of drinking a six pack every night, well, why don't you know, I really like tortilla chips. So instead of beer, I'll, you know, get a bag of tortilla chips and salsa. Right. And that'll be my reward after a hard day instead of, you know, a six pack or mm-hmm. whatever. Then once once I've sort of dehabitized, uh, habitualized. <laughs> Whatever, whenever the the beer after the the coaching stops becoming a habit, and now the chips and salsa is a habit. Well, let's come home and just have a giant salad with you know some croutons right. or something, and then get rid of the croutons,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then improve the the dressing quality. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then I'm Rachel. <laughs> That's cool. So, um, what else? What else do you do?
1: Um, right now
0: nothing
1: nothing <laughs> I'm at the gym all the time. You see that? Yeah. <laughs> um but it has it has been um, where, where was I going with this? I like that it's I, I like having the gym as part of um just part of my routine. Yeah. And then um it helps to be m- <clears throat> helps me motivate me to be be more active like if I'm gonna put this much work into a one-hour class every day but then sit on the couch for the rest of the day Mm. like what was that one hour worth so then I try to like if, if I'm gonna put in that much effort to you know be good at CrossFit for an hour I. I, I want to like continue that high, right? Yeah. I I, I want to like go for a walk if it's nice outside, or a bike ride, or or do something active and social, not yeah. just you know, go home and turn on the TV.
0: Yeah. Well, it, yeah. I mean, I think it. I think that's. I think that's spot on. I think good fuels good. Right. And bad fuels bad. You know, like if you party all night, well, the next day is not going to be very productive, mm-hmm. and then you're going to wake up, whatever, lounge around all day. And then that night you're not going to feel very good about yourself, mm-hmm. and then you're probably going to do it all over again, and right. then it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Yeah, a downward spiral, spiral where like a fitness, mm. a fitness forward, health forward life is literally like an upward spiral. Mm-hmm. And sure, upwards, like it's like shoots and ladders. There we go. That's exactly what it's like. Like sometimes you you take the shoot down, but if you're constantly focused on climbing the ladders up, then those shoots down don't really send you that far. Right. Right. Like. Um, a, you know, if you're cooking every night, and then you know once a month you order a giant pizza and crush it, well, that's not as bad as eating a pizza every night, and then right. once a month having a salad, right? Right? Like which way is better? Right. And yeah, I, I, I really, I really like the idea of like Jocko Willink, big Navy SEAL guy. I talk about him all the time. He's, he's my new favorite uh, person. <laughs> he's uh, he talks about being on on the path. Yeah. And he's like the path is waking up and working out. And the path is, you know, once you work out, then you want to eat right. And the path is, you know, getting things done and moving forward. And, you know, it's always about staying on the path. Mm -hmm. And if you step off the path, that's all right. You're just one step away from being back on the path. Right. And you shouldn't let one step off the path totally derail the idea that you're walking down this path.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's different than, you know, taking that step back rather than um, intentionally planning like, I, th- you'll see in my the early days when I was in CrossFit, I never worked out on Monday. So I always worked out Tuesday, Thursday, Friday because I just had such crazy, messy weekends. There was no freaking way, <laughs> way that I was going to work out on Monday. Yeah. Um, so I was enabling that partying because I knew that I wasn't going to work out on Monday. But if I made myself work out on Monday, I knew I'd have to take it easier. Right. So, and you know, the same thing. I, I, don't, I don't eat a healthy dinner so I can eat a bowl of ice cream afterwards. Right. But if, you know, I do have a craving uh, uh, sometime, I will I will go get my sugar or, right? yeah. you know, I will have the chips or, you know, I will go out to eat. Um, there, there, you know, can be exceptions, but I don't try to plan those exceptions. Right. Like eat healthy during the week and binge on the weekends.
0: Right. So you don't, you're not, um, you don't follow the, the, the strict like the weekend, like you're 80-20, you know, like I I stay on the path Sunday dinner through Friday lunch and then the weekends I can eat whatever I want.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, I think that's because that's setting, that's consistently doing a bad thing. Hmm. And so consistent bad things add up just like consistent good things. So if you're binging every weekend, that's, Binging every weekend, right. you're you're planning that into your schedule.
0: So you just you you allow yourself the ability to enjoy life, have right. a bowl of ice cream, go sure. out with friends, drinks, whatever. But you're constantly trying to um, improve the overall health of like the week to week, the day to day. And you're not like eagerly awaiting the one day where you can crush three pizzas and yeah. a pint of ice cream, right? Yeah,
1: and I, yeah, yeah. I follow a pretty. Um, strict routine, but I'm not strictly adhering to it all the time. Yeah. For <laughs> um sure. I'm more I I'm more into being spontaneous. Like, you know, on a Saturday afternoon someone saying, Let's, you know, go out and have a couple of cocktails or um, you know, doing something, going out to eat for um, you know, in the middle of the week randomly. Um, doing something more spontaneous than that than than planning. Like, oh, I am going to do this on this weekend and right. you know, my diet's not going to matter and I'm not going to do any fitness. Um, that just kind of makes it easier.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it, you got to like, you got to give yourself the room, you know, if, if, if. If you put all the pressure on you to be perfect and never eat sugar again for the rest of your life, then having a little bit of sugar from time to time is going to feel like an epic failure right. as opposed to a conscious decision. Yeah. Like I'm a big believer in knowing what's what's healthy and what's not healthy, right? And then I enter unhealthy things with the full awareness that I'm taking a shoot and I'm not climbing a ladder, right? right? I think right. one of the biggest problems comes when we're thinking we're climbing the ladder but we're really taking the chute right mm-hmm. like we're going down instead of going up mm-hmm. and we think we're going up you know I think that's when things start to get really bad when you're just unaware of how unhealthy you're being you know mm-hmm. like I was unaware I guess if I would have thought about it, I would have realized that pizza and coke isn't the best option but in my brain it was rationalized by the fact that I can't be unhealthy when I'm working out five hours a day right it's not possible right but you can be unhealthy in that scenario I was mm-hmm. super unhealthy right yeah. and I think knowing that when you have that pizza or you have that beer, or you have the cocktails, you're prioritizing enjoyment of life, which is a super important thing to have mm-hmm. over like optimal health. Mm-hmm. Right. But you have to enjoy life to be healthy too. you right. know. So I do think that there's that there's a balance. And I think if if you get too stuck in any one mindset, you're not you're not I mean, who am I to tell you who if you're doing life right? <laughs> you know, like in you my know. opinion, <laughs> in my opinion, I, I really like that idea of of you know everything in moderation, including moderation. You know, right. like and then just constantly work on improving your routines and making your routines better so that your life is better. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Yeah. yeah, I think it's really it's a it's a cool story because I, I when I first found CrossFit, that's when I was first introduced to the idea that like food is food is your fuel right. and I remember doing a a zone challenge basically like it was you pick paleo or you pick zone and, and you can do either one and I remember buying like cliff bars and granola and like all these things that you know maybe aren't the the healthiest thing for like optimal living but were d- way better than what mm-hmm. I was eating and I remember like having my whole kitchen and like really being focused on it and that lasted for about a week That was great <laughs> and then I was back to what I what I do you know yeah. like I eat Mexican food, I eat chips and, and like margaritas, <laughs> but slowly over time, like one week of healthy, you know, quote unquote, maybe not even quotes, like one week of healthy living mm-hmm. turns into being able to do that for a month with maybe, you know, relapses that are only a week apart, you know, and then it turns into, oh yeah, well the default of what I do is cook, you know, mm-hmm. meats, vegetables, nuts and seeds, Yeah. some fruit, little starch, no sugar
1: every day Uh, i read this thing it it, you know it doesn't uh, it doesn't have to just apply to food or even to fitness i read this thing earlier about um this guy gave this example of reading 30 minutes a day like if you're if you're reading like a a business book or like a self-development book 30 minutes a day um you know over a week that's three and a half hours um by you know over a year that could be up to 25 books you know but say you take a holiday or you know you skip a couple days of reading um cut that down to 15 books if you're reading 15 books in a year of you know self-development or a business book like you're boom yeah You, you know so much more than you did at the beginning of the year right and that's just 30 minutes a day right um
0: and that's what I talk. I talk to a lot of people about, obviously, fitness with the gym. I have a lot of conversations around fitness and how to improve yourself. And, you know, I'm not sitting here telling people how to live because I've got it all figured out. I'm, you know, probably more on the other end of the spectrum. Like I failed in more ways than people can possibly imagine. So I have a lot of experience on that side of the fitness equation. But one of the, one of the things I like to talk about is the gym, you know, if, if all you're doing towards like advancing your health, is 3 hours a week. Well a week has 168 hours. Right. It's 168 hours of working on your health. And if you're only focused on 3 of those hours, you're going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Nowhere, cuz 3 hours is not enough. Okay. Right? But if you're focused on sleep, well that's 8 mm-hmm. hours a day that can prepare you for 16 hours a day. And if you're focused on your nutrition, well maybe that 2 hour nap now becomes productive time because you don't need that net. Or you just feel better so you can get more done in the hours that you have. Mm -hmm. And if you focus on your health, well, then that makes you feel better for the way that you perform. And there's this book – oh, what's it called? Forget the name of it. Um, It's by this guy Franklin, I think. Anyway, the idea is – like the concept of the book is that there's areas in your life that affect other areas of your life. And if you focus on Mm -hmm. those areas – you know, kind of in blind obsession and and make a big improvement in your relationships or in your communication, then now your relationships are better, you know, at home with your friends and with your family, with your coworkers. Now, all of your relationships are better and those better relationships create more improvement to your life. If you focus on sales for example, not only can you be better in business, but you can also be better in the way that you communicate because you understand human psychology a little better and you understand how to get your point across more clearly. And you know, you can focus on all of these areas in your life kind of independent of each other, but then if you improve this area, it's going to affect another area, which is going to affect another area. And then you're constantly working on building yourself up as a, as a human. The last safe investment,
1: that's okay. the name I've of it. I've heard that one, yeah.
0: Yeah. And the last safe investment is investing in yourself, Right like improve myself in these focused areas and then the effects of that are going to be compounded so significantly through the course of my life that I can't even comprehend how to compare that to buying $3 of coke stock.
1: Right.
0: Or if you're going to take like a $1000, if you have $1000 to spend, is it better spent on bitcoin mm-hmm. or is it better spent on a relationship course to improve your communication?
1: Right.
0: I don't know. Like, maybe in 20 years I can tell you the answer to that. <laughs> but, you know, probably probably improving yourself.
1: Right.
0: And I think that's kind of the theme of what we've been talking about. Figure out a way that you can improve yourself and then figure out a plan to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I need to read that book.
0: <laughs> I gave it to somebody. I, ha- I had two copies at some point, and now I have no copies. So there's two people I know who have that book. If you have that book, give it back to me.
1: <laughs> or give it to me. Yeah, give it to Rachel. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's a it's 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 a it's a good it's it's one of those books that you read and you feel like you are like you knew the answer. Like it yeah. wasn't there wasn't an aha moment in the mm-hmm. book, but the book kind of gives you permission to do things that you think like oh yeah, I should I should probably do that. Right. You know, it wasn't like wow, I just like gr- like gravity exists or you know like <laughs> I don't know, one of those like physics aha things that's like whoa, I didn't realize that I don't know. it's ridiculous um what what so what where in your life are you focused on improvement now like what's the you know what's the next what's the next challenge or do you feel like you get to a place and you just enjoy that place for a while
1: um i guess i mean i'm i'm pretty content right now um before we turn on the mic i told you i was I I was nervous for this podcast because I I don't like public speaking or really talking about myself at all. Um, but I I have an interview coming up at work, so that's something I'm, this is something that I'm trying to improve on as well.
0: Yeah. Is Um, it for like a promotion or?
1: Yeah. for a promotion.
0: Like a big time promotion? Yeah. (laughs) So what, um, yeah. What's, what's the interview like? Do you have any idea?
1: Um, well, what makes it difficult for me is it's basically I'm applying for the job that for the work that I'm already doing. Hmm. They're just trying to, I'm trying to get shored up on the cash. Right. Yeah. Um, they, they put a lot of responsibilities on me, but it's, it's not matching, um, the pay. So they're but because it's government, they have to advertise the job and I have to compete for the job. So, you know, I have to interview for it. And I, I did one of these like two years ago and, um, I had bombed the interview, Yeah. and it's because I was it. I was I was talking to my peers, and it was about work that I do with them. So in my mind, I'm like, "You you already know what I do, guys. Like, wh- why are you asking me all these difficult, long-winded questions?" Yeah. <laughs> um, but so I'm just trying to get more familiar speaking about what I do, rather than you know depending on someone else knowing what I do or knowing the value that I give to the you know yeah. to the team.
0: I think a lot of that is just detaching yourself from what it is that you're doing to appreciate the value of what it is that you do right I think a lot of us just we go through our daily routines and either you know we don't have someone in our life who appreciates the value like maybe Mm -hmm. you know you don't have a boss you don't have peers that appreciate the value and and communicate their appreciation to you Mm -hmm. enough to like knock you into realizing that or you don't detach and make that same realization. You know, I mean, the same thing happens, you know, I would imagine a lot in life, you know, like Juliana cooks dinner a lot and she cleans the house a lot. And I need to be constantly aware that that's a lot of work and that work requires gratitude. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much for doing that today. That was, that was wonderful. I really appreciate it. And I think taking time to appreciate work of other people is super important the same way it is to take time to take a big step back and appreciate what you've done, Mm -hmm. you know, and just reflect on what you've done. There's, you know, all these books, um I had this this journal that I that I don't use, but I should use. I should start using again. But I used it for a while and it was really good. It's called the five minute journal. And it forces you to do a daily reflection. Mm -hmm. It forces you to to set goals for the day in the morning and then at night did I achieve my goals and reflect on what did I accomplish today that was awesome? Like, yeah. What did I do today that was great? And it just makes you think about your day. It's like, all right, well, even if my day was I cooked dinner and I didn't eat sugar for dinner, that's a huge win. Right. Celebrate that. Yeah. I think work work is very similar. It's super easy to get bogged down into the grind of the day in and the day out and checking emails and replying to emails mm-hmm. and like, you, you lose perspective of, of the true contribution. Right.
1: Yeah, I think that's super true with me. Um, I'm just satisfied with getting a task done that I don't really relate it to its value.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So how have you approached the looming interview this go around than you did last uh, go around?
1: I have been working with
0: a a couple
1: couple people in my organization. Um, I have a mock interview scheduled oh, later in the that. week. <laughs> Um, uh, working on my resume and making that more applicable, um, and just kind of promoting myself, which is something that I was never comfortable doing. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I always talk about you know how I help or or you know uh, what I did as part of a team, but I never say like this is what I did specifically, and this is um, you know how I improved something or I came up or developed this idea. Yeah. Um, so a little, being a little more selfish in that sense, but I think that's okay, uh, in an interview to be selfish. For sure. Uh, uh, so yeah, that's kind of something I've been working on for a while.
0: Yeah. Do you, and is it like, have they given you specific drills? Have they like, is it just the mock interview? Do they, you know, how do you, how does, like, how does that look?
1: Like um, learning
0: I do Or learning to be more selfish in an interview. Does that? Yeah. <clears throat>
1: um, I, I don't know. We'll see how this how this mock interview goes. It has helped me with with my resume though, um, and uh, it, it's helped me see more of the value of what I do yeah. rather than just a, a, a checklist. And you know, um, I do get a lot of kudos, but I I don't relate to them. It's like yeah. oh great they I got I got a pat on the back and I'm satisfied with that
0: yeah um, i think the I think the process of like constantly trying to improve yourself is a valuable process that that or that might prove to be valuable in an in interview right mm-hmm. because a lot of a lot of interviewing is just trying to see how a person, you know, I don't know, communicates, right? Like, what's your biggest weakness? Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter what you say. It's can you articulate something and not come across as, you know, like, somebody, you know, like the Michael Scott answer like my, or Dwight Shrewd or whatever. Like, my biggest weakness is my work ethic and, and how committed I am to the cause mm-hmm. and how great I am at all my work. And sometimes, like, all right, that's kind of silly. Yeah. Um, but if you really know yourself and if you're really trying to improve yourself, then that's the easiest answer in the yeah. world, mm-hmm. you know? like. My biggest weakness, personally, is I am horribly organized. You know, like I... Like, if left to my own... Is it vices or devices? Left to my own devices. Devices? Left to my own vices. Left to my own vices, I drink all the time. Left <laughs> to my own devices, I play video games. Way too much. <laughs> Either way. Left to my own... In like, my own desires, I, I don't like being tied to a schedule. I don't like... Being, you know, doing all the paperwork and doing all the formal things, but because I'm aware of the fact that my tendency is to not do those things, Mm -hmm. then I can guard around it. If if we plan something and like I have to put it in my schedule and I have to check my schedule when I wake up in the morning and I have to, you know, like before I can do all the things that I want to do, I have to do all the things I don't want to do because I'm naturally going to do the things that I want to do. And so, because I'm more aware than less aware of my of who I am as a person and what my natural tendencies are. Well now I can guard against them and, and work to be a better you know employee or whatever mm-hmm. and I think having the practice mm-hmm. of self-improvement allows me to have that conversation to a future employer which hopefully I'll never need <laughs> <laughs> and have it be authentic yeah. and come across as someone who's really thoughtful and if I'm doing this sort of introspection to myself imagine the introspection I could do to a team yeah I don't know that's that's one way I think about it yeah. Um, like, no, yeah. that's dumb. No.
1: <laughs> no, I was just like you know, thinking about my weakness and, you know, those kind of communications are my weakness. I can write a bomb email. But <laughs> yeah. if I was saying that same thing over the phone to someone, I would be all over the place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you're, I think we, we talked about personality types. I was mm-hmm. on a big personality kick for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm an ENFP I think you are an ISTJ. Is that I right? N-
1: TJ, yeah. I've done the test multiple times, and it's either it's it's always been NJ or TJ. Okay. Yeah, it's that that's the only one that's shifted.
0: NJ or TJ or it's SJ or TJ. INF.
1: Oh. It's no, e- it's INFJ. Oh, yeah, F or T.
0: F or T. Yeah, okay. F or T. But yeah. it's IN.
1: IN always IN, I-N and always F.
0: Well, always, no, T. always J. Well,
1: always J. Duh. <laughs> I and J.
0: <laughs> one, two, and three are always, always I same. and J. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But that that or third one, two, that third
1: one is one that flips.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's interesting because that's basically opposite me, right? And so all the things that you're describing being really good at are the things that I'm terrible at, mm-hmm. and like the things that I'm describing that I'm good at, you're probably not, you know, or, or you're probably good at as well, just you know, not not to my level. <laughs> <laughs> I suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I that's uh, yeah. But I think framing I think framing framing your skill set in in a positive and negative way. Like here's here's what here's what I do, here's what I do for teams, and here's what you know teams do for me, right? Mm-hmm. Like here's here's the role that I fill at, here's here's my unique genius, right? And that unique genius has specific function but you know Steve Jobs without a Wozniak is nobody and Wozniak without Jobs is nobody and, right. and people evaluating I don't know I would hope I would hope that people evaluating see see the value and, and see where you are and then try to put you in the right place right so it's not really like you're trying to convince maybe that's maybe that's the point of this conversation I don't think an interview should be trying to convince somebody of something that you're not mm-hmm. it's just communicating to them who you are right and who you are is really awesome, <laughs> and that should be an amazing story, right?
1: Can you come to my interview?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sean is uh, here to speak on behalf of Rachel. I have a uh, power surrogate. of attorney. <laughs> interview <laughs> surrogate. <laughs> but I think if you, if you like, you are you're an extremely confident person. You're an extremely like smart person. You're you're powerful. You know, like both physically emotionally like you're you're a force right like you're you're a force and i think i think the mindset of an interview should be i can't wait to communicate to these people everything that i am in my life right like mm-hmm. how passionate i am how much i love myself and how i make others around me fucking awesome and i make them great too and mm-hmm. that's just who i am as a human and you want me on your team you need me on your team <laughs> Right. And if you come across with that kind of confidence, then if you don't get the job, so what? Right. I mean, yeah, that sucks. But also it doesn't matter. Right. Because you like you've already won the battle of of confidence. Yeah.
1: Um, And just tying back to everything that we talked about earlier, I think that being more dedicated to a healthy lifestyle Mm -hmm. has actually improved my confidence because, I mean, previously, like, You know, I was getting the work done always, but, you know, I sucked on Mondays and then I, you know, jam all my work into the rest of the week and then rage on the weekends. Like I was just getting through the week so I could rage on the weekends. And so it wasn't, I didn't do anything with any specific intention. Um, I was just getting things done. Um... I, you know, I still had good performance, it just wasn't as thoughtful. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: And even like yeah, you can you can perform at like I think there's a big difference between performing adequately, like doing like meeting expectations and mm-hmm. exceeding expectations, right. right? Like I think there's a, a huge difference. I notice I like I have weeks of profoundly impressive performance. You know, like mm-hmm. I just look back at everything I accomplished that week and I'm like, damn, that was great. Yeah. And then the next week is a slog just to answer an email. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, God, this is going to be a long week. And I've thought a lot about what, you know, is it just luck? Do I just sit around and wait for those weeks of inspiration, try to get as much done as I can? Mm-hmm. And the more, you know, the more aware I get about my my own self, the more I realize when when I'm on the path, I'm productive. I'm more likely to be productive, right. right? When I'm off the path, I'm not productive. And mm-hmm. it seems so obvious that that's the answer, right? Mm-hmm. If you're getting good sleep and eating right and working out, then you're going to get better sleep. You're going to be more motivated to eat right and mm-hmm. work out and, you know, and, 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 and all the things are going to be in a line and you're going to crush it. Of course that makes sense. Yeah. Right.
1: And it makes it a little easier to bear the week, You know, if, if you're doing something that you love, you love being there. But um, if you do something that I mean, it's more than just paying the bills for me, but it's, it's not like a passion of mine, you know, the work that I do. But, um, you know, if it's not such a miserable week, you know, it's not such a struggle to go from the weekend. It's easier to get through the week. Right. And it's, it's not, it's, then it just becomes, oh, 40 hours in a week. That's, that's hardly anything.
0: Right. And I would imagine, cause I mean, I've, I've certainly been there too. It's like when, when you're waiting for the weekend, every weekend becomes this cherished gym to optimize and to get everything out of that weekend as you can. Right. And it just, you know, like working out on a weekend, like that doesn't happen. That's not fun. The weekends are for ice cream and beer. That's (laughs) fun. Right. Like every weekend is a little mini vacation because the week is so hard. Yeah. And, you know the more things I put into my week that are for me that I enjoy that I like that are fulfilling and rewarding for me, mm-hmm. the less I rely on that weekend right It sounds like a super similar you know journey,
1: yeah, totally agree
0: you figured it out you figured life out yeah no <laughs> I, I think that's i mean it, it that's for me that's that's been that 's been a super important realization mm-hmm. you know um I talked with, I talked with Amy a while ago about, you know, just this idea of like taking time out of your week and out of your day to fill up your own cup, you know, take care of yourself and then you can better take care of other people. Mm-hmm. And I'm certainly no expert <laughs> at, at that, but it's, like, it's a journey and it's something that if you're constantly working on improving, then that's going to be better than, than just right. giving up and saying like, screw it. Right. Um, I can't do this.
1: Yeah. I mean, back to the the instant gratification. If you you stick to something, you're going to see incremental improvements. And then over a long period of time, you're going to have the results that you want. You're going to meet your goals.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's like reading reading 30 minutes a day. Eventually, Mm -hmm. you, you knock out 15 books. I think... A lot of people sit down and they go, well, I can't read 15 books, so I'm not even going to read 30 minutes a day. Right. They get so overwhelmed by the end result that they can't or they don't take the 30 minutes a day steps Mm -hmm. or they just hate reading 30 minutes a day. And that is a chore. That is such a chore. Mm -hmm. And instead of learning to enjoy reading 30 minutes a day, instead of approaching it like, how can I learn to enjoy this healthy thing for me to do? They just grit and bear it. And they do it, but eventually they they fall off the wagon right like if you're if you're trying to get more healthy and you want to eat more healthy and every time you eat a salad, it's like pulling teeth well that's not going to be sustainable mm-hmm. right We need to figure out the way that you can make a change in your life that's enjoyable that you don't mind that much mm-hmm. and then make another iteration of improvement right you know fitness do you hate working out well why let's let's get to the root cause of why you hate working out do you are Like, do you just hate sweating? Do you hate pushing yourself hard? Do you have, like, low self-confidence? Do you think that you're not good enough? Like, let's figure out the root cause of why it is you don't like working out, Mm -hmm. and let's work on fixing that, right? Right. Do you, you know, and then, or, or from the other perspective, like, I think that's the perspective that you were talking about, like focus on the negatives and I don't want, I don't want the skin problems. I don't want to feel lazy. I don't want this. So I'm going to work on the good things. Or sometimes you can be pulled into something from the other direction. Like I really enjoy one component of this and we can stress that part way more than the other thing. You know, like I don't like, I, I want to work out, I want to get in better shape, but I just, like, I don't really communicate with people I enjoy being around ever mm-hmm. in my life because I'm surrounded by people I don't like at my work and um whatever I'm single or I hate my wife <laughs> no no I don't but like maybe maybe you live with roommates you don't like maybe you're at work with people you don't like and you just want to be around people you like
1: mm-hmm.
0: cool hey I'm here for the community I don't really care like I just want to be here every day because I enjoy these people right well that's a healthier habit so show up and don't work that hard
1: <laughs> you yeah, know? Just
0: show up. Just show up. Mm-hmm. Right. Move yourself in the right direction, and I think you're going to be better served for it. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> um, do you read 30 minutes a day?
1: Uh, no. I'm more of a binge reader.
0: Yeah.
1: I'll not read for a little while, and then I'll read a couple books straight. Yeah. And then not read for a little while. Um, but when I do read it, it's something that I enjoy reading. But it's something that I haven't made part of my routine. So yeah. I I could probably easily read thirty minutes a day because I like reading.
0: Yeah, I realized I realized I don't like reading, but I love having read. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like oh, I I've been. In, like, books on tape have changed my life, and podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Like, I I can do those. Mm-hmm. I can crush a book on tape, but it, to read the same book would take me eight times as long. Right.
1: Um, podcasts, I've just started getting into, yeah. which I like. It's because it's similar to reading, but I can do that, listen to those while I'm doing something else, right. like while I'm cooking. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's usually when I listen to podcasts, sometimes short ones if I'm walking here or there, yeah. but usually while I'm cooking or cleaning, I listen to podcasts.
0: Yeah. I love that you can do stuff with your hands and with your eyes. Yeah. Like I play just these stupid games on my phone uh-huh. when I listen to books on tape or podcasts because uh-huh. it gives, it gives my brain just enough to focus on, but not enough to like be distracted. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I can listen to, like, I can sit down and play two hours of a game on my phone and consume like Two hours of a book,
1: right? It's great. Mm-hmm.
0: It's a win-win. I get I get to play all these silly games that are completely worthless, and then make them valuable. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I do most of my reading I think in the summertime, because I was like laying outside or by the pool or something, yeah. like
0: just not doing anything else, so I can read too. Yeah. How do you like? What's do you do anything intentionally for for recovery? Because, I mean, you mentioned you're working out like you're in the gym like six times a day. And or you're not snapping your fingers. And, what's that?
1: <laughs> six times a week, not six, six Oh, times yeah, a day. six times a day. <laughs> Gee, yeah, six times We're
0: a We're not week. there yet. Not yet. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Um, you know, it's a, it's a process to get up to that point. But uh-huh. what's your recovery look like?
1: Yeah. Um, well, like I did mention before, my I didn't do any warm up or any mobility after class because I just would go do do the hour and go home. Um, and I bought a foam roller and some other mobility tools that I would occasionally use at home, but not really. Um, then when we when we moved to the gym, the bigger gym, I was, I I, we, the time slot changed. But I kept coming at 5 o'clock ah, instead yeah, yeah. of 5.30. Right. And so I, like, built that into my routine so that I had 30 minutes of, you know, mobility for, before class. And then I would, you know, stay however long after class. Um, but other than that, recovery, I, I try not to go home and sit down. Um, I, you know, I cook. I'll walk my dog. I'll clean. Um, I'll do as many things as I can before I, like, relax for the night. Yeah. Um, rather than just, you know... Making a quick dinner, sitting in front of the TV and chilling. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I so um, sometimes I'm pretty good at stay, staying hydrated. Um, I take some vitamins and stuff, but the stuff that I take, I, it's not really with the intention of improving. It's really it's 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 separate from like my fitness. I feel I I supplement with things that I know I'm not getting in my diet or yeah. like um, I have like family issues of um like diabetes and thyroid Mm. disorders and stuff like that so i try to get the right vitamins and minerals to kind of manage certain levels yeah um yeah so i don't not too much intentional recovery stuff right just general don't be sedentary. <laughs> yeah,
0: it sounds like it's all that uh, that TTS is really what's uh, yeah. what's making that breakthrough. Mm-hmm. A time to spare.
1: No, it really has. Um, and you know, the first six months, I was you know super sore all the time. I had some shoulder issues for a while, and it was obviously corrected when I just spent some more time on mobility.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I say this to people and it sounds so it sounds so counterintuitive but I I I really believe it like when when your body starts to break down, I'm not talking about ACL tear type injuries, right? I'm mm-hmm. talking like, oh, my shoulders starting to hurt, my knees are kind of <laughs> nagging me, my back is hurting. That's an that, that's your body's early warning system telling you like there is something going on here that you need to address before this becomes an injury. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. Right. You know, like a little bit of shoulder pain here, that's a good thing. Cause it forces it forces you to like to detach. And to analyze and figure out what's causing that to happen. Mm-hmm. Is your back hurting because your back is, you know, broken or because your hips are broken or because your shoulders are broken? You know, like let's let's take this opportunity of feeling pain and get to the root cause of it and improve yourself so that not only this pain mm-hmm. doesn't come back, but also any future issues of that movement dysfunction or that movement pattern that you've created mm-hmm. has also been corrected. Right. You know, and I think so many people, they get that initial shoulder pain and they're like, ah. CrossFit, CrossFit's dangerous, <laughs> Right. CrossFit hurt me. It's like, well, yeah, I guess technically, you know, but anytime you move your body is an opportunity to, I mean, the safest thing you can do each and every day is to sit on your couch, but even that'll kill you. Right. 50 years not later. It's
1: not that safe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was having a conversation with someone earlier this week about, um, well, going back to how I played soccer, I was like getting injured all the time. Um, You know, whether it just be bumps and bruises or, you know, like legit, I fractured my ankle because someone kicked me so hard. Um, So, you know, that sucked. CrossFit has such a bad reputation of being dangerous, but it's actually a super controlled environment.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I I joke with people that it's the laboratory, right? Like the most dangerous thing that you can do is not have any formal lifting training and then help your friend move really heavy things out Mm -hmm. of their apartment. If, if, if you were never taught how to deadlift from the most controlled, you know, environment ever, like a straight barbell with very precise and predictable weights yeah. with a coach watching your every form and technique. Well, I mean, that's like it's it's a saying that that, you know, Aaron and I picked at the very beginning, you know, preparing you for life. And it was, you know, sure, it was it works. Right. Yeah. It works. But it's it's gotten more like it's gotten a deeper and deeper level of meaning to me mm-hmm. You know, every year that we've done the gym, mm-hmm. because for me. Like being prepared for life is like you come in the laboratory and you prepare your body so that you can go out in life and, and use it right maybe you're using it for sports maybe you're using it to help your friend's move maybe you know who knows what it's for but if you're if your body isn't prepared then it's going to be it's going to be broken in the wild right. right and yeah i i call the gym the laboratory i agree with you yeah I mean, it's it's where you go to learn right like you learn how to take care of your body you learn okay now you know how to fix a shoulder problem right, right. when your shoulder starts to feel a certain way you have the tools like you know how to maintain your body mm-hmm. right you know how to get stronger you know how to get more flexible you know how to eat right you know all of these things and i'm not saying that like old city is the the person you know the gym responsible for teaching all these things but it 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 creates an environment of people who are all wanting to learn these things mm-hmm. And everybody's on their own different path towards, you know, improving, you know, uh, the, the fitness journey or further along on the path. Right. Yeah. And I, I love being surrounded by people. Like if I'm if I'm here, I love I love being able to look at, you know, like a Rachel or a Kayla and be like, damn, like, that's where I could be. If if I follow, you know, if I walk along this path for, for long enough mm-hmm. and I love you know being able to look at, you know, someone who's not, you know, as far along in the path like look, if you all you have to do is walk. If you walk, like we're going to climb this mountain. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. But don't, you know, like yeah, you have the goal of the mountain, but just worry about the next step. Like let's let's talk about reading for the next 30 minutes. You know, let's show up, be consistent, and then before you know it, 2 years later you're standing on the top of Everest like, "Whoa." Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Goes real fast.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, just got to be patient.
0: Yeah. Another way I like to think about it is be like imagine being like if, if you're if you're thinking about getting started on something imagine that you started it a year ago and then how would you feel you know yeah like I just started um, I just started jiu Jitsu and I think about it like I've been thinking about doing this for like two years and I just did it I was like man if I would have done it two years ago I'd already be a blue belt yeah I'd be so cool yeah ah
1: I think about that too like if I you know, found CrossFit earlier. Maybe I'd
0: have a muscle up by now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's like, it's really important. If you want, if you want to improve your life, you got to move. You got to take action.
1: Yeah.
0: And the, the, by taking action, you're going to improve your position. Even if you weaken your position, you're going to realize, Oh, that's not the direction I want to go. I got to go this way. Right. Right? Like you got to move. Got to start taking action.
1: Yeah, and it helps you be more mindful um, outside of the gym. If you're, you know, if you're putting the effort inside the gym, you're gonna want that. Six those successes there to be echoed outside of the gym as well, and so you'll make small corrections. Like, um, like for me, when I when I work, I work, you know, at a computer. So I could sit hours, you know, eight hours straight and just do that. But you know, I I get up every 30 minutes or so walk around drink my water um, stand and work for a little while because I know that if I sit and don't move all day when I get up and I go to that class it's gonna suck my hips are gonna hurt I'm just not gonna have as, as great of a workout and right. then I won't leave as satisfied as I could have yeah with making tiny adjustments like standing up and stretching my legs throughout the day
0: yeah I was working in a cubicle I would every hour on the hour I would do the couch stretch Two minutes each side. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of stretching. Yeah. That's a lot of stretching. And yeah. sometimes you just got to be the weird guy in the office who stretches. Yeah. out had a foam roller, out of a lacrosse ball, I would do the couch stretch.
1: And that's a tiny commitment. Just like reading 30 hours, or thirty minutes a day. Like, you yeah. know, two minutes of stretching a day. Yeah. Two minutes.
0: It's amazing how, like, how small steps make huge difference over time. I mean, that's really – and then the way that you approach – the idea of taking these small steps is put them into a routine mm-hmm. and then just execute your routine Yeah, your routine is not something that you have to expend energy in doing it just does like it just exists mm-hmm. and then you make tweaks to your routine and then before you know it you're you know you've totally transformed your life from you know point A to you know point B yeah I think that's super cool yeah
1: and if, if they're part of your routine you don't even think about it so you have nothing to complain about like no one complains about like oh I had to brush my teeth this morning no, it's pretty yeah. routine. You do it every morning. Yeah. That takes a couple of minutes. You can do a couple of minutes of something else that's healthy or, you know, positive as well. Right. Cool. Yeah. What else you got? Mm, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know. I, 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 I imparted all my wisdom, I think.
1: Well, maybe there'll be a part
0: two. <laughs> <laughs> there better be a part two. Um, sweet. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this was awesome. Cool.